Hello and welcome to Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to a different creative professional every week about how they do their thing. And this week, my guest is comedian Julie Goldman. Now, Julie and I worked together on the third season of the Big Gay Sketch Show. I was a writer and she was one of the regulars. She had done all three seasons. Uh, I fell in love with her then. She's brilliant and hilarious and does a great Liza, by the way. And uh, since then, she's appeared on shows like The Mindy Project, and she's a regular on The People's Couch on Bravo, and she's got a show coming up at the Gay and Lesbian Center called Take a Walk on the Softer Side. It plays February 7th at 8 o'clock, and Teddy Margus, the very funny Teddy Margus, is opening for her, and you can get tickets for that on lagaycenter.org. It's going to be a great show. So if you're in L.A., go see Julie Goldman. Uh, on February 7th. Now, before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping. If you'd like to go check out DennisAnyone.net, you will find much to delight you. You will. There are um, links to all the podcasts with pictures of things that we talk about. And in the Julie Goldman podcast, there is a beautiful cat discussed. And I take pictures of said cat. And uh, he is indeed beautiful. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Uh, you can also take my audience poll, which helps a lot, and you can uh, leave a little PayPal donation in the tip jar. And I want to give Michelle Sherry a shout-out for uh, giving me a little tip. It helps me keep the podcast free and uh, pay for things like web hosting and things like that. And thank you, Michelle. Michelle and I used to work together on Radio with a Twist, which was a great, fun job, and she's an awesome producer. Yay! Thank you. All right, and now, without any further ado, oh, and at the end, stay tuned for my So This uh, so this Happens segment, because this week it involves um, an audition I did for Star Search in 1985. I'm going to leave you with that little carrot. So enjoy Julie Goldman, and uh, go see her at the Renberg on February 7th. Okay, enjoy. All right, I am here in the San Fernando Valley apartment of comic, actress, writer, musician, Julie <laughs> Goldman. Yay, I'm going to myself. <laughs> you're wearing a shirt that says gay, yeah. exclamation point. Well, technically, yeah. it says yay. Oh. With the rainbow over the Y to make it a G. I see. So, so it's say, a twist. It's a twist. You can't, I think the t-shirt is actually called yay gay. All right. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I Googled you, yes. uh, the first thing that comes up is Julie Goldman lesbianism. It's like, it's, I don't think it's you. It's some other academic. And then you click oh. on the link, and the first thing that comes up is offensive women. Oh, it is? Yeah. But it's more, of, it's more of an academic, it didn't look like your kind of stuff. Well, Julie Goldman is a producer. Okay. Julie Go- I think there's a Julie Goldman folk singer. Yeah. And then there's me. But offensive women is my thing. I know, but then I looked at that, but offensive women is your thing. But this thing didn't seem like... Yeah, probably, it's probably the other Julie Goldman. Yeah. I but... think there is a professor Julie Goldman, too. Yeah. Anyway, all that's all things, I'm saying. All these things I could have been. All these things I'll you could have been. I'll take lesbianism, though. Yeah. Boom. Hey, if Julie I, Goldman if lesbianism I mean, is the sorry, first thing. I mean, sorry, shutting it down. <laughs> shutting the game down. The face of lesbianism. Um, <laughs> this is so funny, though. Yeah, like, you, if you're ever on stage and you need a bit, just Google that. And <laughs> it comes show up. I should do it with a big screen behind me <laughs> so I can click it and it'd be like, see? <laughs> At least I have that. I At have least that. you have that. I have all of lesbianism. <laughs> Okay. Under one roof. Hey, I'm going to, I'm to me, yeah. that means I'm number one. Yes. It means I'm great at it. You cornered the market. <laughs> it means, I, yeah. It means I'm the one you go to. It's the, you're the go-to guy. you're yeah. shopping for lesbianism. For sure. Now you have some animals with us. I do. Of and course. <laughs> when you said, do you, I have dogs. Is it okay if you come over here? I was, 
They're so mellow. I'm I was surprised Nacho isn't barking. Nacho he's is very good. being... He's being... You must have a nice, gentle aura. Maybe that's what it is. It could... Yeah, because usually he could hide or he barks. Uh, Russell is uh, 14, so he doesn't even know you're here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's counting the days. He's... I mean, we're really... It's yeah. going to be... But the... And then the cat, as we know, the cat could... You yeah. Fuck that cats, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But the cats and the dogs seem to get along fine. Yeah, for the most part. The Nacho and the cat do fight... I'm really more of Nacho fighting yeah. with the cat. The cat's cool, though. I just adopted him. Um, the cat's beautiful. Like six months ago. Not even, I think. Maybe wow. six months. Yeah. All right. I know. I basically, uh, I had had a cat for a long time. 17 years or whatever. The cat died, moved to L.A. I had these dogs, and I was like, I'm never getting a cat again. That was my cat who died before I moved here. But then. It was I, devastating. Yeah. I had him for 17, 17 years. 17 years. You know? He was my, uh, what do you, what, I don't know, my, my, my child, my partner, my yes. friend, you know what, what I mean? What was his name? Levi. Levi. And, um, he died in my hands. I mean, it was very, it was a lot. It, it was, was very lesy. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I loved him so much. So then, um, I came here. So I then became like, do I ever get another cab? Do I have any Plus I'm, I live alone now and it's, it's a lot. To have pets, and I travel, and it's, yeah. then it's an expense, and all the stuff. Well, my friend, writing partner, who we talk, Brandy, who Brandy, we know, yes. Brandy Howard, uh, I talked to her, of course, every day and whatever, and we got into this thing about the cats, and then I was like, if I ever get a cat again, I want to have get an expensive cat. Yeah. I want to get the kind of cat that people have to travel to. I don't even know the name, Bengal, Bengali, to buy. <laughs> yeah, Is yes. that a place? I don't know. Yeah. But then you have to go, or you go to a breeder in Santa Barbara, and she's a rich lady who has a turban. Yes. And she only has cats. Obviously, that's ridiculous, and people do have these kinds of cats, and they're super expensive. You know, it was a thing that we would joke about or whatever. Brandy texted me one day. Yeah, from a what pet kind store. of cat is she? She's exotic. He. He, sorry. No, I do sometimes call her him yeah. she. Uh, his name is Dumpling, but on Dumpling. occasion I do call him Jacqueline. Okay. And um, he's a flame point Himalayan. Wow. We got to get a photo of this to post on the site <laughs> so people can see this. Yeah. yeah so where did you... Okay. Where did you... So what happened was she texts me. She's out doing her errands, whatever. She texts me. She says, I'm at this pet store slash adoption place. There's a cat here who's up for adoption that you need to see. I was like, ugh, don't show me the picture of the cat. Do not send yeah. me the picture of the fucking cat. I will die. She, bitch, send me the picture of the cat. <laughs> So she sends me this picture of this cat. Oh, here we go. Oh, so, shit. There we go. Dumpling and Nacho are having... <laughs> well, right. they're, they're two different... First of all, two different restaurants. Completely different oh, restaurants. Completely different. I mean, they might get along in a food court, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But, but if you're ever going to Dumplings, you're never going to Nacho. No. And you're ever going to Nacho. They don't mix. You're not going to Dumpling. So, uh... Maybe if you would name the dog Dick Bean Sauce. Maybe. <laughs> may, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. they jump maybe. together. I think they do really like each other, but they also like our reason. I don't know what it is, but, but they do this weird dumpling thing. Dumpling is extraordinary. 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 <laughs> that cat is exotic. So the picture comes through and you're like, I'm fucked. I gotta have it. Fucked. Now, he wasn't, you know, he's, he, at the picture she took, he was also, he was very ragged. He was ragged. Had he been mistreated? We do not know. I don't know. I don't know. He was dirty. He was matted. He was, he was filthy. He was filthy. But you could see what the face was doing. I was like, Fuck. So she said, basically her text was, 
if you want to let a Chanel bag sit here and let someone else get it, you're a fucking bitch. Because dumpling is of royal birth. Like, du- dumpling, dumpling is-, is regal. I don't know how he ended up all I don't know matted either. and like I don't know either. it was like Someone Princess bought- Jasmine escaped yes. from the palace yes. and yes. was having a Roman holiday moment and then ended up in the pound right. Someone bought that cat. Someone spent $3,000 on that cat. And then just, or whatever. Uh, yeah. And the cat got out. I don't know whatever happened to the cat. We don't know. No one knows. So I was like you bitch. So I had to go see the cat. So I went to see the cat. Obviously he was incredible. He was so sweet. And I had to, I just, I just was like, I'll take him. I'll take him. It's I'll done just take done. him. It's done. It has to be done. I've, I've talked about it. I obviously manifested it in some way. Now, granted, I didn't get to bore him as a kitten. <laughs> That's true. He's a full adult. Just, yeah. I think he's probably somewhere around eight. No one really knows. Yeah. Um, but he's, his, his personality is hilarious. But you have, you get to have it both ways because you get to, have adopted a lost stray That's true. thing. Yes. And you also get the... The Chanel bag. The Chanel bag. It's a win-win. I got the Chanel it's bag. It's not like somebody's like, well, people shouldn't go to Breeders and no. the woman in Santa Barbara is wrong. Right, There's so many... Right. And you're like, well, no, this dog was... Or cat was... Well, yeah. Abandoned. Abandoned. And I'm not even against Breeders. I'm not. Yeah. I bought both these dogs. Full yeah. out. Paid cash. Don't care. Fuck you. <laughs> but I wanted a pug. I got a pug. I wanted a Chihuahua. I got a Chihuahua. Yeah. I tried. You try to adopt first, but sometimes they're not available. Yeah. It is what it is. Go deal with yourself. I do sleep fine every night. Yeah. These needed to be saved too. Exactly. They were on the earth. They all need to be saved. Yes. You can't save every one of them. You do your best. Okay. So, yes. So, the do, boom, boom. So, now I got the two and I can sleep now better. Maybe everyone can sleep better. And I, I, I love it. Well, the, they're it. all extraordinary. <laughs> they are. They, now, yeah. you're, you've got a show coming up at the Gay and Lesbian Center, which yes. is my jam. That is your At the Randburg Theater. Yeah. On February 7th. Correct. And it's got a fun name. Take a walk <laughs> on the softer side. Yeah. So break it down. Okay. What, what's, where did the name come from? What's the theme? What are you exploring in this show? Um, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but I will say that a major sort of theme bit sure. exploration okay. of the show is from a real life scenario of when basically someone told me I needed to, from working in, as an actor and then whatever... But I was told that I had to soften my look. Oh, boy. So that basically, like, exploded inside me and bore um, quite a few tidbits. What kind of person was this? Like, somebody an in the agent. business? Yeah. An agent? Yeah. Your agent? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you still with this agent? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these... And I, I was, it's been a thing for me of, like railing against it, but then kind of really looking at it and yeah. really actually having to kind of surrender what to it What would happen if I do that? Dot, dot, dot. What would happen if I do that? What am I fighting against? What, yeah. You know, it's a lot of different things. At the end of the day, am I going to put on a dress and walk around like a big dyke in a dress? No, <laughs> right. I'm not. Am I capable of putting a lady's pant on, maybe with a V-neck showing some cleave yeah. and a flat into an audition? I am capable of it. I am a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not me. But then again, I'm not necessarily the one who's... I'm, I'm not... I don't always have to have myself in an audition. Right. You, you want them to see you as the character, if they can. If they can. Yeah. The, so that, to me, is the... I mean, really, more than anything, can I do that? Yeah. Am I capable of it? Yeah. 
and I think it's, you know, this, then it brings up things about this business and what we all have to go through and the bag of rocks we all carry right? and the things that we're all up against. Sure. And, you know, it's not just me having to soften my look, but, you know, talk to a girl who's always the hot ingenue or the trophy wife or a slut or a yeah. whore or a hooker. She's dealing with a similar thing. Right. She's not a hooker in her life. Yeah. But, she but she's got a better up. chance in that audition if she wears those fuck me pumps. Right. That's yeah. right. Period. Does she want store. to? She doesn't want to. No. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not crazy about it. You know. But see, yeah. And I don't know what the thing would be for guys. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there is a thing. I'm sure it's like, am I'm not a nerd all the time. I'm not right. a forensic fucking scientist. Right. <laughs> I'm not a... Whatever your thing is, we're all... We all have it. Right. I interviewed Drew Drogi a couple of weeks ago, and he goes up for a lot of gay characters, and some are yes. horribly stereotypical. Of course they are! Some, but he's like, you know what? I think these people exist. My job is to try to bring them as much truth and humor yeah. or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know. But the way... He talked about the way casting people communicate with them about oh. it. Like, can you just make it a little more colorful? Right. Like, I don't want to say the thing. Yes. And I'm wondering what the lesbianism version of that is. What are the code words they use? What are the things Can they... you do that harder? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I can. Is that more? Can you just, you know, tougher? Yeah. Harsher. Like, and then you want to be able... The other thing, to me, it's like, look, we don't need to pretend... If I'm going to go in for super les... Yeah. Or literally trans... Yeah. Or a man, <laughs> which also happens, then let's not pretend this isn't happening. Right. I don't like to pretend like something isn't happening when it's happening. Right. I want to walk in and be like... The les is here. Yeah. Let's do it. You want yeah. me to les out? Is that what you want? You What do you want? You want super dyke? You want stone butch? You want fucking trans? You want androgynous? You want man? What do you want? You want full man? What do you want? Biological man? I'll do whatever you want. But let's I, not I'll pretend. I'll pre-ball for you yeah. if you want. You want balls and a full dick? You want half a dick? You want a thumb dick? You want a clit dick? What do you want? Because I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> right? Let's not yes. pretend that isn't happening. I know. Well, one thing, we met working on the Big Gay Sketch Show. You yeah. were on it all three seasons. I wrote on the third season. It was a ton of fun. But one thing I liked about it is all that stuff was out on the, on the table. table. And like you, the way you interacted with Scott King, the head writer, about all that stuff, it was really funny and so much comedy came out of it. But there was none of that. No, like let's not pretend. And you know what? Sometimes there is a joke to be had of, I mean, the cool thing for me about Big Gay Sketch Show that I miss is the fact that ultimately, and granted the first year not so much, but in the second and third season, I was able to sort of prove or was given the uh, the trust of being able to play women. Right. <laughs> so it was like, but part of the joy of it, or the part of, I think, what the, especially gay audience enjoyed watching me do Liza or whatever woman was the Susie thing Orman. they know yeah. that in life I'm diking around. Yeah. <laughs> that there is a, an extra kick to that joke. Yeah. That this masculine lady yeah. is doing that. Right. In the Almost in the same way that a drag queen does it. Right. So it's there a, is it's, a, a, it's another level to the. It, it is funny. A, another level, and granted, if you don't, if you're not tuned into it, you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're just we're, you're just seeing what you want to see, and that's fine. But that's what I loved about that show that it was for the for gay people watching. That kind of nuance was so awesome. Yeah. Because and, and everybody had it when Michael and Johnny would do drag queens, or it's like. Uh, People who just aren't tuned in to <clears throat> whatever gay culture is, and that doesn't necessarily make you, you, you don't have to be gay to know. Plenty of straight people are in tune with that. Yeah. Um, that was so special to people. Yeah. You know? 
Do people still talk to you about it? Are, is there sketches that they talk about? Yeah, or? people what is, do. What yeah. is their favorite sketch and what was yours? Um, lesbians love lesbian speed dating. Yeah. I watched that recently. You did? Yeah. I, I just, you guys are just sitting there and you be dating, you have a relationship. And there's one line that kills me. She goes, I feel like it started going downhill when we got the cat. Because <laughs> right. you guys yeah. literally are speed dating. They come and bring the cat. They bring yeah. a cat. Right. Like it was brilliant. Yeah. That was a good sketch. Yeah. Um, and people do come up to me and talk about the phone sex. Yeah. The lesbians really like that one. Um, the three, the three that I always hear. I bet are the gay guys Liza, love Liza. Yeah. Liza, Super Liza. The, the in the two of those two lesbian ones, those yeah. are those are the ones people always bring up to me. My favorite one, I think, was Super Liza. Yeah, it was so fucking fun. It was funny. It was weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was just like a real. It character. was Liza as a superhero. You're right. Yeah, a drunk superhero. Yeah. Did you ever meet Liza? I did. I did. We got to meet her. We got yeah. once. Did she know you briefly. were doing her? I, she did not. Wow. Did Had she you know- already done it? No. She didn't, in fact, she didn't know what room she was in. I mean, she did she in. know where she was? No. <laughs> it was at the pilot presentation where, where at the beginning of Big A Sketch Show, it was almost, we thought Big A Sketch Show was going to be more like a musical show. Okay. Like a musical variety show. Right. Because Rosie was really, like, wished that that's what it was. Yeah. Because really her dream was to do like a Broadway belter show or some shit. Yeah. She never fucking liked us and never did anything for us, but whatever, sorry. <laughs> she, you really felt like she wasn't on board. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I, I By the time I got there, I didn't know that history or anything like that. I do feel like she wasn't on board. I felt like she just didn't care. I felt like she wasn't invested. I felt like she didn't really want to stand behind anything. I feel like... I feel like Logo didn't want... I feel like the the sadness to me about Big A Sketch Show is, like, the show was good. The show was good. It was funny. I was really proud of what uh, we did yeah. that third season. That's the only season I worked on it. We were all proud. We were yeah. all proud of it. And people liked it. My parents could watch it and like yeah. it. My parents... I'm, I'm a show now. My parents don't watch it. Literally. To my face. The People's Couch on Bravo. Yeah. Julie, it's unwatchable. <laughs> we can't watch it. <laughs> not even That's when you're out. Ouch. So it's, it's not like, like, you know what? Our TiVo's not picking. I don't understand. <laughs> no. It's oh, unwatchable. It <laughs> Meanwhile, she can watch the big gay sketch show. And on, on, on her phone and or whatever, yeah. And just like she, that didn't bother her. I could les out <laughs> a million different ways to Sunday, but you know what I mean. Like that show is appealing to a lot of people, yeah. And it's sad and disappointing to me that Logo and Rosie didn't stand behind it, yeah, and didn't stand up for something. And that third season isn't even on DVD. That's no, a bummer. I know it is a bummer. Um, my thing, my takeaway from that, yeah, as fun as it was, was watching everybody else after all the actors. Every actor on that show was a fucking super talent yeah everyone everyone, everyone. and look and the different I mean, things that they do like the musical stuff with right. you and johnny and like just everybody was and i saw paulo in his one man show and i'm like all oh, right and coleman like steven like there was not a weak leak in that cast no nope. and they're all everyone's so multifaceted and yeah, talented that's true yeah that was what i I'm, and the writers too i mean just everyone involved with it was yeah. just great uh oh well oh well what are you gonna do <laughs> that was a fun time though it was a fun time it was a fun time um, let me see what else I got here. People's Couch. Yeah. So you're on the show on Bravo. Right. You guys watch stuff. Yeah. It's so stupid. I mean, I, no, I have it. a confession. Yeah, go on. I was up for that and didn't get it. Really? Yeah. With a couple other pals. So, so, so you... But I never said that publicly. Well, I'm very sorry. It's okay. I made peace with it. Okay. So maybe I haven't watched it. Maybe... You know why it, it is unwatchable? Because it's too <laughs> painful. you're not on it. Because I'm not on it. Because you're not on it. <laughs> I guess they went with... They went they with somebody else. Got, so, they, so I'm assuming then you were up for whatever the gay guys Yeah, probably, yeah. 
Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, you wonder what, what... That's okay. I know, but just in general, like, why? Yeah. Like, what... That's okay. You know? It's all good. What, um, is it fun? We have a great time. Yeah. We do, we have a good time. And do you do it here? We don't. We do it at Brandy's house. Okay. Um, she and I have a great time together. We would literally do that anyway. Right. We do hang, spend so much time together. Right. Part of which, if we're not working or writing, our downtime together, if we're hanging out, is to watch TV. Right. <clears throat> so that stuff is very real for us. Yeah. And when I'm not with her... That's what I do in my downtime is watch TV. Right. So, like, all that shit is... I watch all those shows. Yeah. We have a good time. We just sit there and we watch TV. We drink. We eat snacks. And we talk shit. And how long is a taping of that for you? For an average episode? Well, you know, technically we sit and we watch those shows at the same time everybody else does. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's say in a fa- in a world that doesn't exist, we might sit and watch those shows for six hours in a row. Right. All right. Not that that happens. Not that that would happen. No, we watch the shows in real time with everybody else. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. What's the coolest thing that's come out of being on that show? Do you get recognized uh, a lot more? I think that we definitely get recognized more, um, um, for sure. The coolest thing work-wise, though, is I think that gave us an exposure for our partnership. Yeah, because we try, we were trying to get a, like a, you know, not to get technical, whatever. Like we want to sell, we want to sell our script. We want to yeah, get an agent or whatever. And through that show, like we got a literary agent and we got the script to the thing, and a, you know, it gave it's, us like a legitimacy because people see us and if they like us and they're entertained by us, they think, oh, they are funny. Maybe we yeah. should read that. There's nothing like the power of television. No, being on television and it's Bravo. I know. So it's like, and so the people that we want to be associated with are going to be gay friendly. Yes. They're going to be cool. They're going to be maybe, you know, in the right age range. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it, the audience and the people that we want to deal with are on our level. Yeah. So to speak. Did they ever use something that you thought, oh, they'll never use that? Um, something that was super on the edge or I don't know. No, but uh, I certainly think when I'm, I certainly get a million things cut out that I know are going to get cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cause I mean, I'll go off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Calling people rapists and shit. Yeah. You, you <laughs> Just like man, you know, especially watching housewives and right. I love hating the husbands. Yes. Or whatever gross people. So I'll, I'll, we, and we'll call people molesters Yeah, and like shit like they can't. So there's a lot of legal, there's a lot of back and forth with legal. Yeah. Like we can't actually call someone a molester. No. Not technically. No. Even Even in a joke. Yeah. Cause we're not really, but then you kind of are, I guess, cause you said it on TV. So where is it? You've done what? Two seasons of it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Is there more coming? We hope so. We haven't heard officially yet, but yeah, unofficially we believe so. Good. That's awesome. I love Hope it. Hope so. We'll see. Now, when did you first do stand-up? When did you first think, I want to pursue this? Um, I first thought that I wanted to pursue it when I was 14. And yeah. then I did it when I was 15. And started going uh, to the Comedy Connection in Boston. Right. That's where you were from. That's where I grew up. And Tony V. Are you a townie? No. Okay. I don't... I'm, I'm I love the suburb. The, okay. I love the Boston... There's a very specific Boston lingo. Uh, we grew up, I grew up in a, a Lexington, okay. which is like outside of Boston. All right. But my parents are from Boston. So townies dad. are people that grew up in Boston. I would say a townie's like a South Boston person. Yeah. Like you're in Boston. Right. In there. Have you ever eaten at Wahlburgers? No, but I want to. Right. Except I think we all do. I mean, but they're in like, 
God, they're not in Boston either. Yeah. Wahlburgers is, I can't remember because I looked it up. It was right. somewhere around, it's like Lemonster or some shit. I can't remember. But so, they were somewhere outside there. Yeah. So you're doing comedy as like a teenager. Yeah. So then I was doing comedy as a teenager. I started like a open mic night at my high school. Yeah. You start, <laughs> you, you started it. You, yeah. you were hosting a room in your school. Yeah. But called the zone. I think, yeah. I, oh no, they have the zone. And then I did like a comedy day. Like, yeah. during the day or some shit. And you were the MC? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Were there other comics no. in your school? So no. it's just you? <laughs> Pretty much me just doing stand-up, I guess. Did people come? I guess people did maybe, like, a variety show. Yeah. And then I would do it at the club. And then um, I would do that. Not a ton. I couldn't get out. I mean, it was, you know, sporadically as a teenager. Because yeah. I just couldn't get there. And then I went to Emerson College. And started pursuing it, like, full-time. That's amazing. While I was at school. What was your earliest material like? Were you doing stuff about Teachers. No. <laughs> Not when I was in high school. Yeah. So you were talking about teachers? Yeah, like, school. <laughs> and, like, you know, riding in the car with my brother and sister and shit. Like, like bullshit. And then, but stuff that was important to me at the time. Yeah. And then, when I was 19, I came out. And then I came out my comedy. And that's when shit really fucking hit the fan. Really? It shifted. <laughs> Yeah, totally. In a great way. Um, for me personally, I, you know, for my personal growth, yeah, I couldn't not come out. But looking back on it, I could, could, I could have, I could have kept it a secret, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but or not, or just not <laughs> talked about it. Maybe right. I would, maybe I would be in a house now. Maybe right. I would live, have a different life. But do you wonder about that sometimes? Sometimes. I think it's too big a price to pay. But then you think, right? But then would I ever have slept at night? Yes. And I'm such a bit. Like, I just don't think I ever would be able to, I mean, I'm just such a big, opinionated, Yes, you know what I mean? It's so, I just... You've got to be true to yourself. Right. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. I knew, I knew somebody that does the mismatch game a number of years ago had a friend who was in the closet and Mm. was famous Mm. and, and I was like, is is this friend ever going to come see the show? And he's like, no, he would never come here to the Gay Lesbian Center. Like, and that made me sad. Like, you've got your million dollar house. That is sad. You're, yeah, but you can't go to a thing because of the thing. I right. was like, mm. I just had this image of him across the street crying one tear like the Indian in that liver commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like hearing the, the laughter. Right. And we all come out and we're all hugging and going to eat <laughs> and, and shit. Just under one light and it's dark. And then he gets into around. his Tesla and drives up to his house in the hills and right. fucks a twink. Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Right, it's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I think more. It's more like in my comedy, could I have stayed away from it? But I never would have been able to, and I just, I, I would have never been able to. So, no. I did what I did, and I don't regret it, and I am who I am. And I, you know, physically look a certain way, so it would never would have... I remember when I was doing stand-up in New York, and this is in the 90s. Right. So, or even early 2000s, but let's say the late 90s. Yeah. Where you were, you know, doing stand-up, and you'd watch these girls, and... And I thought, God, she, she was her, her, and then talk about their boyfriends. Yeah. And you're like, mm, there's something no, about there's them that always trips your gaydar yeah. a little bit. And then of course later they they all come out. Yeah. It's like whether it's because they got their job and they're comfortable now, or they couldn't hide it anymore, or whatever it was. And it's just like I just, I just could never. It's one thing to me in stand up if you don't talk about relationship like Ellen. Yeah. Ellen never came out, but Ellen never had to come out. Because Ellen never talked about sex, relationships, or anything that had to do with identity. 
she didn't in her stand-up. Yeah. So you could kind of watch that person and think that's an amorphous... <laughs> it doesn't matter what their sexuality yeah, she is. She just as well be talk- the fish from Nemo. It does, exactly. It doesn't matter because <laughs> yeah. she's not talking about it. Right. So there's nothing, you know... There's no disconnect. No. In the presentation. Correct. And, and especially the words coming out of one's mouth are, I have a boyfriend, then you're not lying. Yeah. So to speak. But she never talked about that stuff anyway. She never was one to push the envelope. She wasn't edgy. She wasn't yeah. doing opinionated stuff. She was talking about, like, exa- I think there's literally she has a thing about, like, a fish in a fishbowl. Like, yeah. Rah, rah. So, <laughs> fine. But then you look at people who are talking about, like, if you're going to be out there talking about men and women and relationships and sex and this and that, then you have to, you have to put your cards on the table. Yeah. You have to. The audience will will smell it, The audience will smell it, and I also just think that you need to come from your authentic place. If I'm going to give my opinion on particularly, like, men and women together, let's say, you need to know what the source is. Yeah. Like, I'm a les talking about shit that I don't technically really know anything about. Right. There's something... It's dishonest. It's almost immoral. It's almost like there's something wrong about, like, like, like you're saying, talking about that world... From a point, from a place that the people don't know. Right. Or if I'm acting like I'm in that world. Yeah. It's not right. It's not real. Because you're putting ideas out there. People are thinking right. about it. You're but if I say, listen, here I am, a les. Yeah. Now here's what I think about you guys. Yeah. Is different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I'll do all the time. I'll talk about shit I got no right to talk about. Yeah. Because I do have opinions on things. Do you, are correct. When you go to like a straight mainstream club. Yeah. Is that a fun gig to play? Yeah. Now, yeah. I think now people are completely different. I think the landscape of what people accept has changed in stand-up for the most part. I mean, it's still, you're still dealing with, you know, I'll go to Vegas. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's in like a middle America, whatever. But you can win them over. Yeah. You can, not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah. But who gives a fuck? Exactly. I don't need everybody. Yeah, you just need enough. I just need enough. Exactly. And you know, at the end of the day, you need a certain amount and you want, even financially, yeah. it's like, you know, how many, I don't know, with, with gay stuff, let's say, like, oh, there's no money in, you know, romantic comedies because no one wants to see two lesbians get together. Well, who goes to romantic comedies? Women. Yeah. And quite honestly, women, for the most part, don't care if it's a man and a woman or a woman and a woman. They want to see romance. Yeah. That's what women want. That's half the population. Yeah. It's billions of dollars. Even if you... Went thirty percent. That's still a billion probably dollars that are going to yeah. watch your gay ass romantic comedy. Right. You know what I mean? Or your stand up, whatever. I don't know, Dennis. It's all stuff. <laughs> You've described yourself as the worst lesbian in the world. <laughs> That's true. I think you're kind of the best. Why do you think you're the worst? Um, I'm not politically correct. I'm one hundred. And it's such a relief. <laughs> it is such a relief. Uh, well, that's nice to hear. Good. I'm completely and utterly inappropriate. Yeah. I really could give a fuck at this point. Right. I don't care about being colorblind. I don't care about, hey, guess what? There are fat people in the world. There's fat people (laughs) in the world who are fat. Right. Who maybe should not sit, who maybe should not have Kevin Smith. Maybe you should have lost 50 fucking pounds before you went on the airplane and, yeah. and couldn't fucking sit in one seat and had to spill over into someone else's seat. Right. You're fat. Oh, I can't help it. No, he can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Or even if he can't, it doesn't matter. He's still fat. I don't want to look at the world 
and not see with what I'm seeing with my eyeballs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I got a lot of shit for that from, from Les. From Les. Yeah, I, I, I remember... Because they, they're, they're a little more PC than... Very PC. Brandy and I used to do this folks. web show called uh, In Your Box Office. Yeah. We would watch a movie and review it and then do a reenactment of the movie. Okay. So we watched The Hunger Games. Now, we did this review in The Hunger Games where we talked about it. And we basically were like, hate, hated everyone in it or whatever. We're talking <laughs> shit about it. Yeah. And, Jen- and Jennifer Lawrence and her cat asshole mouth and all this stuff. And then we both were like, but the saving grace of the movie was the adorable ange- this a- angel, this black girl. Yeah. Who we both loved. We just And that's what we said. Or what I said and then she, whatever. But I think I said, I loved that little black girl. I loved her. Oh, the comments. What? How can you refer to her as black? Really? Why would you call her the little black girl? Why would you do a racist? race. Why can't you use other languages? Like, because the bitch was black. That's why. Okay? And listen, and you're looking at a movie in a landscape where there wasn't really one, there's, I think, a black dude in it, and there, yeah. there were two black people in it. Yeah. What do you want me to say? The not what, the little girl who was curly haired and like let's not talk around it. It was so funny because as I was pulling up here, I don't know why I was thinking about this. Uh, one of my recent jobs was I was the um, exec producer on this show called Breakdown, which was like a hip hop flavored uh, sort of pop culture sketchy show. Mm-hmm. All the cast were uh, young black kids, mm-hmm. like in their twenties, super talented. And I remember writing this bit, and I thought of this as I was pulling up here today. There was a guy that was super funny named Deshaun, and he would do this bit where he would pull questions out of the bowl and just ask them, like, mm-hmm. answer them like he was a life coach. And I said um, something about, like, is it okay for a person of color to go up for a job? Something I used the term person of color, and he's like, dude, just say black. It's not even right. personal. Color. Like, he sort of called me on all that shit, because I was always trying to, like, be cool yeah, walk around like, it. a little bit, right. but like, but he, in his answer, he was like, dude, just say black. It's so, no, but it is lame to say personal color. Don't even say it. Just I mean, and at this point, it's like, we've gone through so many things too. Just in speaking of just that, right. that racial term, it's just like African American. And then you think they're not all from fucking Africa, mm-hmm. but Hey, guess what? They're not all. And then I, then I remember saying like, when you're talking about like a British person, like, uh, uh, he's African-American, British. Yeah, right. But wait, oh, oh, no, wait, he's just black. He's right. either Salva and he's black. Right, I mean, I don't know what other word to use. It's like, I don't like, exactly. <laughs> but I can't believe that's the thing that got color. all the comments. Okay, so there's other things, too. I mean, I get trans shit, I'll get called on all the time. I hate fucking gender shit. That I can't even deal with. So I'll make fun of that. That is, gets me into a lot of trouble. I'm How not politically you? correct with that, I do, and I don't care. Are there factions of the lesbian community that love you and factions that are like, oh, she's a little too... Yes, 100%. Yeah. What, how does that play out? Is it at your shows or they don't go to your shows? I or? think even anyone who doesn't like me isn't going to come to my show. That's true. But if I'm hired to do a festival or, like or a, a cruise, cruise and they don't know, yeah, or they come because it's like, what else is there to do? Right. And then after need to tell me that... And, you know, and it's funny because even if I went to a show and didn't like someone, right. I would just go home. Yeah. It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would just kind of be like, it just wouldn't, even if, and I've seen, and I've been around, uh, I've seen it all. Yeah. Doing comedy. And I have certainly had my share of feeling my feelings hurt or feeling offended or insulted or just yeah. grossed out or just like, that's so gross and I hate that guy or... Just like dick, dick, blowjob, suck my dick, fuck you, fucker. Why won't you suck my dick? Why won't women? Women are dumb. Women, fucker in the ass. You know, like, okay. 
Okay. <laughs> Check, please. Fine. Now, I've, it's, I've come a long way, believe me, but I never, ever, ever, ever went up to someone to tell them that I didn't like what they did. You yeah. know what I mean? Ever. And I would never do that. But people feel this entitlement to you, especially lesbians for some reason, where they can come up to you and be like, even if they're a fan. Yeah. Well, I liked you better in Provincetown. <laughs> just were better in Provincetown. I was like, why? Why? Did you need to tell me that and ruin my whole night? Or, I really appreciated everything you did, but I didn't like that material you did about whatever. Whatever the thing is. And it's like, okay, well, all right. Can I come to your house and um, yeah? What do you want do me to do? Like, what, <laughs> what, do you what do you want from me? <laughs> like you can't pl- you can't please everyone. Even the people you're pleasing, you can't please. <laughs> yeah. Like lesbians, I have to say, like take note, lesbians. <laughs> de- dial it down. Dial it down. Well, it's funny though because I also have talked to and observed from my uh, gay boy artist friends. Yeah. That they. Um, envy the lesbian community because they support their people they, in a way that do. the gay boys want to see, you know, Deborah Cox. They're not going to go see. That's true. Do you know what I mean? So Lesbians do do that. They're loyal in a way, or they support. They do support. They turn up. They turn up. They are loyal. They want. Lesbians do crave in a different way than gay men do um, a feeling where they're watching something that's about and for them. Yeah. By them. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know if that's a woman thing or if it's, it's a lesbian thing, but definitely gay men don't have that as much. No, they do. So they do a little bit, but they're also that. bitchy about it, right? Like there's like a competitive thing. I think. With yes. Gay men how does like, that person make me feel about myself? If he's <laughs> right. Nelly, does that make me right. feel Nelly by association right. or right? Right. Da, da, da. It's but you're right. Lots that's, of vibes yeah. there. There's a but, lot. You know, but I'm just saying, like, like I know a lot of really talented male singer-songwriters, and I'm like, I would go see the Lilith of those guys. I would love Yeah, it. and why doesn't that exist? I don't know. But it, maybe it could, but, you, you know. I think, you know, probably doesn't exist because men, in general, <laughs> don't need it, necessarily. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But then you think, well, you know, it's not a, a, maybe a, a necessarily a thing about need, but just, like, why isn't there a male... Lilith Fair. Right. You know what I mean? Of guys with guitars. Yeah. Gay boy guys singer, with guitars. Singer, songwriter. There's so many really great ones. Yeah. Anyway. That, that would be, that is interesting. I'm into it. Particularly gay ones. Yes. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Because, yeah. And why not go out and everyone could go out and support yeah. this. Yeah. And um, Teddy Margus is uh. opening for you. Yeah. Uh, Teddy's a delight. Tell us a delight. little about. Delight. But, but the two of you together is really fun. I think it's fun. I think we're a good... You know, Teddy will do a short, not a long set at the beginning, but yeah. he's so freaking delightful. Yeah. And adorable and charming and funny. And Teddy is sweet, which I think the thing that I like working with Teddy, and even if we it was a double bill, let's say. Yeah. Um, I think we're a good combo because he's so, we're very different. We have a similar <clears throat> sensibility. Yeah. In, in the sense that. I think if you were, you know, you get a sense from Teddy that he's just like, he's fun, he's kind of outrageous, he's he's good-hearted, and he's um, well-meaning, and but he still has like a kind of like a cunty yeah. little, but he does it with a wink. A pinch of cunty. A pinch. Just a pinch. A pinch. A pinch. Meanwhile, I take a huge cunt <laughs> on stage, <laughs> and I have to peel back the meat curtains. <laughs> to find the sweetness, I guess, or something, but... Within. Within, yeah. I mean, 
you know, for me, it's like I, you know, I know that I, I, I'm very, um, I'm very opinionated. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm not without complete and utter fault. You have so much energy when you do your stand-up. What's it like for you to be up there and it's killing? Oh, my Is God. Is it the best, the in, best the world? in the world? I mean, that's what we live for. It's the best, right? And I don't know what it... I don't know... What I, is it better than? Is it better than sex? No. No. Is it better than... And I'm talking about... And I don't, not all sex, sometimes. Not, yeah. It's not better than but the, the best But the sex, sex that you... Yeah, it's not better than the best sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's not better than the best sex when you're in love and having incredible sex. Yeah. It's not better than that. It's not better than that, but it's better than, like... Anything else. Yeah. The feeling that, for me, is like... I, I don't know. It's like a perfect storm of, like, I'm being... Whatever my needs are yeah. that I'm needing to fulfill up there are being fulfilled and satisfied. It's like I'm being f- satiated of all my insecurity and all my worry and my anxiety and my stress and these these ex- these feelings that I have that I feel like I need to express and be heard and blah, blah, blah. Right. Meanwhile, it's like with the audience, they're accepting it and feeling it and with me on it. And we're all then connected in this thing. And my, 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 my hope is everyone's feeling that. What I'm feeling is what everybody's feeling. Right. You That's what, what I mean? you want the audience to take from your show. Yeah. I want people to take, to leave the show and feel exhausted. Yeah. And spent. And like they've laughed and, you know, had a great time, but just felt great. Just feel you know, like the exhaustion you have when you're, when you've just done it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you've been hurt, especially that feeling of that someone has listened to you, I think is so important for people. People go through life, I think, not feeling heard or validated or understood. And that causes a lot of stress and depression to people, I think. Right. And so I think in that moment or within the show, or my hope is that, when someone is like, you know, oh God, I just, I felt that too. And I agree with you. Or maybe I didn't agree with that, but God, that was like, gave me, it's like they're being heard. Right. Like we're all being, we're all like expressing to each other kind of a similar thing within that time. Right. Is why I think I'm so into it. Now, what about when it's not going well? Because mm. I find that <laughs> the older I get when things go bad, I detach a little bit. Like I just, I'm like, I just surrender to the sh- I just surrender a little bit to, I don't do stand up, but, yeah. but you know, when things aren't going your way, you're just like, kind of like, well, sometimes yeah. it's the shit. <laughs> yes. Well, that's true. That's 100% true. Yeah. I do. Does the way, does the way it feels when you're, when it's not going well, has it changed as you've gotten It's 100% experience? changed. Yes. It has changed. I it used to mean like the world. It used to mean the world. I took it so personally. And it's not that I don't take it personally still. Right. Because it's just me up there. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, but it's a character. It's me. Yeah. It's kind of me. That's really me. Yeah. I'm really saying those things. Yeah. And even if they're jokes or, you know, exaggerations of whatever, those are my thoughts. Yeah. That is me giving to you. Right. And then when I, you don't give back to me, I do feel rejected. Yes. However. Right. I've definitely been able to take that rejection and shake it off way more. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean so much to me. It's not like I'm coming home to my wife, yeah. who doesn't exist, and she rejects me. Right. That would just... that devast- That's devastating. That's true. Truly would be devastating to me. Yeah. But... Or my mother. But an yeah. audience of people who don't really know me... Yeah. I mean... It's all right. I'm not sleeping with them at night. Yeah. No, that's okay. 
Um, you you worked on Fashion Police for a while as a writer, yes. and you have the Joan Rivers commemorative <laughs> tribute. I have all of them. You have them. You went and bought them all at the newsstand. <laughs> I did all at once. Boom, boom, in a bag. Yeah, all was at it, once. It's so poignant. I bought the Us Weekly one. Yeah, at a fresh that. and easy, but I didn't go. I didn't go to the newsstand. And I mean, um, that I'm really envious of the People Tribute. It looks lovely. It it is lovely. You can look at it. Um, so I was obs- here's the thing. I was obsessed with Joan Rivers growing up. Yeah. She was like my everything. Joan Rivers and Mel Brooks. Right. <laughs> my everything. When I was 12, my mother took me to a local um, Boston talk show called People Are Talking, hosted by Tom Bergeron. And Ooh, I think he's a great host, by the way. He's a great I think host. he's a great host. He's a great host, and he hosted the show. Yeah. Live. People Are Talking. And she was the host. And, and she I, was the guest. She was the guest. I'm sorry. She was the guest. So I got to ask a question, and I asked her. Uh, asked How old are you now? 12. Shit. And I asked her. And even then, I was interested in stand-up because I was always I was always interested in comedy, even as a young chi- little child. Right. So I had a records. I like was would watch, and there wasn't really that much you could watch of her at that time because it wasn't like she was. Or, or during that time, I think she was actually probably on Johnny Carson the most. Yeah. But still, um, I would watch the Muppets over and over again because she was on it. Right. Or. I had her, then I would get her book and then I would listen to her record. Like I was obsessed with her. And, um, I asked her if it was harder for women in comedy to be comedians. It seems like it's a harder thing for women, blah, blah, blah. And she shut me right down and she was like, if you're funny, you're funny and that's it. And it's not any more difficult or less difficult for anybody else. And at the end of the day, you just have to be funny and stick with it and be yourself. And that's it. And I was like, oh, Okay. It's great advice, actually. Great advice. She could have, she could have like done a treatise. She could have gone to a thing, but right. But but probably what you needed to hear was like, you know what? Maybe it is, but you got to deal with it. Deal with it. Right. That's what I took from that answer. Right. Just fucking be funny. Do it and stop complaining. Yeah. Did you feel Mm -hmm. shut down by it, or did you feel like Uh, she's probably compassionate in the way she said it? No. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to completely remember, but I certainly, but I feel like because I've been very, I'm very hot. Headed. I'm yeah. very reactionary. Yeah. Or at least in, still, but less than I have. I've grown out of it a lot. But, well. Yeah. Man. No, I'm but at 12, I was yeah. a burgeoning les. Yes. Yeah. Burgeoning feminist. Burgeoning. I love when you use the word les. I just love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, you know, so that stuff was hot to me. Yeah. Like, I wanted somebody to be like, yeah, it's yeah. fucking it's so hard out there. Yeah. And women got to... So I think at the time I felt shut down, but as I've, and I'll often remember that or think about that memory, I realize, you know, what was really going on there. So what was it like for you coming into right on Fashion Police? So having, yeah, when we got, idolized her. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was honestly, it was, I never thought I would ever meet her. I never thought I would see her in person. I just never imagined that to be, to happen. I really didn't. And so then when. We got hired to work at Fashion Police, and we met her and shook her hand. This would have been a, a table, a pitch session? It or was some... before that. It was at a taping. Okay, you came to a taping. Yeah. And she, hello, and welcome, and blah, blah, blah. I had to go fucking cry. In the bathroom? Yes. Well, I'm not going to stand there and cry forever. So you went... You... But I had to go cry. I had to go. I had to. I was... And I've met... I, I met... I've met... There have been people that I've met that have been... Um, was sort of Star Trek struck, struck by, or not even Star Struck, but people who've meant something to me. Um, but I haven't 
And I remember at 18 meeting the Indigo Girls and being like, thank you for breathing. Yeah, I would do that same thing with them. I <laughs> love them. Yeah. You want to hear my lesbian kind of that I do? Yeah. I have this straight friend of mine named Ben. We were in a sketch comedy group together, and we both loved the Indigo Girls. Mm. And we went to their concert together. But during every instrumental solo, we like to imagine that they were doing lesbianism in the studio. So, so during any time there was a, 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 a lesbian uh, instrumental break, we'd just go like this. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's some... Dennis like, is putting his pinky and his thumb together. Like a, it's like some kind of clitoris like stimulation. Scissoring? Oh, I, I, I don't even oh, know. But we would go like, you know, Galileo and uh, block. Instrumental break. And then we'd just do like nipple tweaking. <laughs> So we would just do, we would do those all through the instrumental breaks. Oh. And then our favorite thing was this thing. Yes. I don't know what it is. I, yeah, you're right. Like a little clip. Maybe. But I, it's the idea of like, this is something sexy for them that we have no concept of. <laughs> but boy, right. do but Amy and Emily that. go to it during um, the, the break from right. uh, Hammer and Nail. That's Anna. good, yeah. Especially during Hammer and Nail. Oh, Hammer and Nail, yeah. That was yeah. shit. So, Starstruck Joan. Cried. Then went to the house, then did that. And, you know, and as you know, she's not, it's not like she's, it, it was incredible and exciting. It was also one of the hardest things I've ever done. I found that job to be super challenging, um, soul-sucking, um, soul-dream-crushing, right. <laughs> all these things. At the same time, while learning... I mean, so much, um, how to write a joke and just how to get to a deadline. And yeah. there's like a million things that I learned. Um, and, and, you know, when I was working with Brandy too, and the two of us and how it affected our relationship and it was just a lot of things. I learned a lot of things during working on that show. Right. And it just got to the point where, and, you know, even sitting at the table and she wouldn't laugh and I was just dying to see her laugh and it just never she just wasn't connected. And then I would feel disappointed. And I was like, she's not connecting with me the way I want her to. But then being able to let that go and just appreciate the moments and that I was even there. And, you know, there was like a mm-hmm. million different things. So compl- it's very complicated. Very, very complicated. Until ultimately what happened for us was at the end, there wasn't enough money. We asked for more. And we weren't going to get it. So we quit. Right. That's what happened with us. And, and it was fine. And it was, it was great. Fun. And got to walk away and kind of go, that was horrifying and amazing. Yeah. And awesome and horrible. Right. And terrible and great. And I'll never forget it. Right. And it, it will have it, um, informed me personally and me as a writer and in every way. Yeah. I, this week, met up with a friend of mine that works on the show, Fashion, on Fashion Police still. Oh. Um, and she gave me the box of stuff that was at my desk from when I went on strike in oh. 2013. And I thought it might be some almonds and some magazines. <laughs> like, I didn't, I thought what it was, was just going to be. there? Well, I, you know, I went on, I left on a Tuesday and we went on strike that night. And so I had you to didn't even get to take anything No. I had to act like everything's normal. I mean, I, I don't think there was anything any office supplies. I don't know what. <laughs> and she brought it in. It was big. It was kind of heavy. And I was like, I doubt there's anything of value in here. And I opened it up. And Joan had given everybody autographed copies of her book, I Hate Everyone, oh. when that came out. And um, everyone, I hate everyone starting with me. And I forgot about that. And I, it was like one of the top things on the box. And I opened it up. And she wrote, 
the the title page says I hate everyone, and then underneath it, except Dennis, oh. who I who I something, and I think it's just terrific, Joan Rivers. And I was like, Ugh. oh, I'm really glad I got this box. Yeah, it was really yeah. You know that strike was a mess, and yeah, <laughs> it, it, I have a lot of complicated feelings around it. But oh, now right. that she's gone, what sticks out to me is like how much joy she brought to people and how hard she worked like oh my god it how was hard she as worked. hard as we worked to try to make yes. those deadlines and yes. create all those jokes yep you knew that she was her heart was in it and she was working hard too so you could kind of like yeah do it i've heard now that there's like nobody writing there's, there's no that's what i heard too yeah i mean there's somebody that writes like the leads but like but no i heard that she improvs and whatever and yeah there's not no, the same it's and, not no, but it's not um, the same machine or whatever. But yeah, that is anyway, and it was all that is so complicated. Yeah, she, I do think she. Oh, I'm so just so bummed out that she died. I, I felt can't. like she had at least. I thought that that was gonna. I thought she was gonna. They were gonna be like she wakes. She wakes up, and it was she's gonna live for ten more years. Yeah. I thought there'd be ten more years. Yeah, or at least, or she'd go to a hundred or something. Yeah, I didn't think she would die. No, it just seemed and then so surreal. Yeah, I mean, just, oh, no. was such a bummer. But yeah, that's interesting, all that. Yeah. Girl. Now, when you do stand-up, where's the weirdest place you've ever been booked? <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm performing for, um, I talked to someone that performed at a nudist colony once. I, yeah, that's definitely the weirdest one I've heard of. I've never done that, but yeah. I know a couple people have. Like, wow. Um, I don't feel like I've done anything too weird. Yeah. But certainly when you're at, like, I've been in, I remember one time I, went, I did get, I had to do stand-up at a bar where they didn't have, like, it's like this, there was no sound system. Right. I literally stood on top of a bar. Yeah. Without a microphone. <laughs> That's tough. It was like a bar stool, and then I had to stand on the bar, and they got, I mean, literally people were, like, holding the bar stool so yeah. that I wouldn't fall. Did people pay attention to you? And I mean, it was it was ragged. Yeah. You know, it was rough. Yeah. But they were only, I think, because it was like, what's this fucking crazy Les doing on the bar stool? Right. Like, that shit gets whack. Yeah. I did do recently, like, a, I did a medical conference. A women's medical conference. Wow. That was, that was hard. Wow. <laughs> did they go for it? Um... They were pretty serious. Yeah. They were, I mean, they weren't, they were, I've had worse. Yeah. I've had worse. Yeah. But they were, they were tough. That was a tough nut. And it was like in a, like a. Comp, like a yeah. hotel ballroom. Yeah. And they didn't really have, they, they forgot they needed a microphone rather than a podium. Like oh. they're thinking like. Were you doing stand up at a podium? I, no, I, finally we got to take it out yeah. of the thing and move it, but it was like. Yeah. We're not doing a, not lecture, lecture on cell reconstruction. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm doing stand up. Yeah. And it was just like bizarre. Oh well, a gig's a gig. Yeah, exactly. Now you were on the Mindy Project recently. I was. One of my fave shows. Oh yeah. Was that fun? It was amazing. Also Dream Come True, obviously. I'm like, please call me again. Please call me again. Who was cool? They were all cool. Everyone. Who they was were your, all cool. I can't remember who your scenes were with. I remember Lisey you, Nash. Oh, she's amazing. Amazing. She was awesome. and then it was Mindy with Mindy Kaling and yeah. um the guy. The boyfriend. <gasps> Chris Messina. Yes. I have such a crush on him. He was so cool. Yeah. He was so nice and so cool and so friendly and open. He was, yeah, yeah. My, he, I think, was my favorite. Thank you. He's <laughs> my dude right now. He was like... People listening to this are like, again, with the Chris Messina. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. They're moving forward. Well, he yeah. was awesome. He was like, I was hoping that... My dream was they'd call me back and I'd get to go back. 
Because you played like Niecy Nash's wife. Wife. So my. So I feel like there's room there. I hope so. Well, she's the new head of obstetrics at the hospital. Yeah. So should her wife come back? I think so. My dream scenario is that she, obviously Niecy Nash comes back and has her weird thing with Mindy and their right. whole what bullshit whatever. But then I go and become friends with him. And we go and like sort of les around. Yeah, you bros. Him. Yeah, you have like, a bromance. Right. Fuck. Wouldn't that be good? That'd be a dream. Right. And then he gets his feelings get mixed up and you make out with him. No. Fine, I'll do okay, it. You're in? I'll do it. Oh, that. I'm be like awesome. a little bigger than him, so I feel like it, that could be hilarious. And he he's not that big, right? He's small. He dances good. Have you seen him dance on the no, show? No, I haven't. Google Christmas scene of dancing. <laughs> Everybody do it. It'll it'll blow your mind. Well, he's imagine like that. Full magic mic. Oh, well, fine. Well, let's yeah. do a thing where we yeah. do that and we make out. I love that. And I hold him in my lap. I like it. <laughs> what would... It, you said that's a dream gig. What's a dream gig for you tomorrow if the phone could ring? My dream gig tomorrow is, hey, we're, we, we're going forward with your show that you and Brandy wrote that you are starring in. We're ready to go. Please write 12 episodes. Let's start shooting the pilot that you've already written in two weeks. I love it. Okay. Can, can you say anything about the show? <laughs> The show is called Terminally Ever After. Yeah. And it's about two best friends, one straight, one gay. The straight one gets breast cancer, and they have to get fake gay married in order for her to get health insurance. I love it. And then, of course, you know, and it's sort of a, basically a, a, a love, what do you call it? It's like a love affair between two friends. Yeah. But then it does get confusing. I find, a lot of my work is about friendships. and But that's the stuff in movies and TV that makes me cry. More than... Right. Um, I don't know, familial things or romantic things or right. whatever. Friend things. Right. Yeah. Kick my ass. Yeah. Perks of being a wallflower. I oh, cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cry yeah. like a little bitch. And, uh, yeah. Well, me too. Terminally Ever After, I'm in. Okay, good. 12 episodes. Well. 13 episodes. I can't remember what movie it was, but I just watched a movie with Owen Wilson. I didn't love the movie, but he said one thing in the movie and I can't remember what it was. Ugh. Zach Alphadakis, Owen Wilson, and someone else. Owen Wilson's thing with a girl or with Zach Galifianakis and their best friends. Something weird goes down. Anyway, Owen Wilson says this thing after like a hard night of partying or whatever. He basically says that friendship is the hardest relationship to retain because no one gets anything out of it. And I thought that was a very poignant thing to say. It's interesting. You only get the The thing. friendship. That's what you get. Yeah. You don't get sex. You, you don't, don't get, get a roof over your something. head. Right. You get the relationship. That's it. That's it. And I thought that that was very That's moving. really interesting. Yeah. The other movie that did me in, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I like a bitch. I was going through a really hard time. Oh. I was dealing with anxiety and depression and unemployment issues, mm. blah, blah, blah. And my friends, we all went to that. It was a friend's birthday. I don't know. I, so I know the sequel's coming out and I'm already... Oh, I'm it gonna, is? Yeah. I'm going to oh. have to get some Kleenex for that. Oh, my God. Okay, you pick some cards from the oh, observation okay. deck. Okay. Tell us about when you first saw a dirty magazine. Now, usually okay. dudes gravitate to this card. Yeah. But I like this twist. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with it. Well, uh, here's the thing. The thing. I was always sexually curious growing yeah. up, and I didn't come out until I was 19. And I was curious about men. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I don't know if it's... Be- I don't know. I don't... It doesn't even matter why. It's fine. It is what it is. It is. I mean, yeah. So, basically, I, don't, I think what came... Basically, my uncle... Right. Is gay. Okay. But he was not out. Right. I remember being in his house, apartment. He was, I was living in apartment. He was like a bachelor. He's a perennial bachelor. Right. Right? I was at his place. I don't know why he wasn't in the room. 
but he had left for something. And I like went in fucking, I was like, what is, I gotta find something in here. <laughs> so I like went through a drawer and found his dirty gay magazines. Yeah. Tom of Finland. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another one. He liked Leather Daddies. And okay. Shit. And there was some hardcore shit right. in there. And that was my first, I think I was around 12. What did you think of that when you saw I it? it what, did you, what did you think of him? Was it a surprise? I was so naive yeah. that I didn't even know why there, I didn't even second guess or wonder why there weren't any women in it. Yeah. It's just like, ooh, just, adults are horny. Yeah, yeah. And so am I. Dicks and stuff. <laughs> Dicks and stuff. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And they were fucking, I mean, it's full fucking. And, yeah. And maybe there were. How maybe, long did you have with it? Maybe there were women in it. No, I can't remember. Maybe in small, like in a dose. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, not that long. Yeah. Not that long, but enough to be like, damn. Yeah. Gosh, my brothers had, my older brother had pornography and like, I would go into his room and sneak it out in my sock and oh, like it was a whole, a whole thing. thing. <laughs> and there would always be the ads in the back where they, they, there was like intercourse happening, but there would be a star over the place where the <laughs> peen connected to right. the badge. Maybe that's where I saw women was in the yeah, advertisements. Yeah, the ads in the back. Yeah. And I still, there are certain turns of phrase that I still think about. From those magazines. We're like... There was one ad where it's like... <laughs> if you want fucking for fun, <laughs> sucking for sweetness, and orgying for orgasm. I still remember that. Wow. And I'm like, all three of those sound interesting. Wow. They all sound good. <laughs> it all sounds good. There was one uh, one dirty story in a penthouse where um, the dude like banged his sister or stepsister. Mm, and yeah. at one point, her huge breasts <laughs> fell to freedom. They fell to freedom. That's what they do. Yeah. That is what they do. And the other one, and I may have told this story already on the podcast, was there was a certain brand of uh, gay magazine, it was like a digest size, called Honcho Overload, uh-huh. that I was a particular fan of, because the way the wrote, they wrote the stories was like, did it for me. Lots yeah. of dialogue, which I like. Right. And it was probably one dude in his garage doing it, <laughs> right. but there was a bunch of different names. And it would always, in almost every story... They would say, you know what? You're sucking me like a man who knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, everything was like a man who knows what he's doing. It was really about competence right. and experience. Well, that is, yeah. yeah. Well, who doesn't want to be, who doesn't want to think? That's why being with Julie Goldman, lesbianism. Yeah. You do that like a gal think, that knows what she's doing. That's right. And that's what I want someone to think. Yes. Obviously. we come with, full circle. If I'm with a, a, a lady, a wonderful lady, yeah. I want her to leave that experience thinking, hmm. You are sucking that like a woman or man that knows what she he's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what about um, when you do stand-up comedy, do you get groupies? Do people want to hook up with you? How, what is that like? <sighs> well, I am very <clears throat> boundary-oriented. Good. I'm extremely... Um, I... Yes, there are. I definitely could probably do way more than I'm... Than, I'll, than I'm doing. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't want to get involved with that. Yeah. I'm super... Are you I'm, seeing anybody now? I'm not. Yeah. I'm very reclusive. Yeah. And, uh, and for me at this point, and I know that I should be more open with it, I should probably hook up with more people. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Why? <laughs> for what? To feel empty? <clears throat> to feel lo- lonelier? You know what I mean? Mm. No, that's sad. But, I mean, I like to have fun and have fun partying. Like, yeah. I like to party and yeah. have fun and I'll do whatever. But I don't want to, 
I just, I don't know, I just have reached an age where it's like, you know what, I'd rather actually just go home. Yeah. Like, instead of what I know the aftermath is going to be, which is going to be like, oh, you're, I don't, unless I'm really feeling it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I need to, like, we need to be in love. Yeah. But, like, we need to be in something. Yeah. You gotta be Even into just it. that night. Yeah. We need to be in something. Yeah. I'm not going to just do it What's to it? get it over with. <laughs> what I find interesting sometimes with gay men, and I don't know if there's an equivalent to this, with lesbians, sometimes if gay men hook up with somebody, that person is then diminished in their eyes. Oh, I had her. Oh, that... Like, in other words, we hooked up and then right. they see them out and they... They don't say, oh, we, we had a hookup and he was right. nice and it was fine. Right. They're, they're lesser. Right. Well, that's how I feel. You feel like the lesser person? Yes. You feel like they, once they got you, you diminish. Correct. Wow. I do. I do not want to feel diminished. Because of how they behave? Nor do I want someone else to feel diminished. Yeah. Maybe they'll feel diminished. And women are so much more complicated emotionally. So yeah. I don't want to, I don't ever want anyone to feel like a regret yeah. Or that they've given something of themselves that they wish they hadn't, or that they weren't completely in control of, or that they, you know, we, we should both leave feeling great. Yeah. We should both, if we're not going to date and it's a one night thing, or even if it's a couple times or whatever it is, everyone should always feel really good. Yes. Right? It's not easy, but it's it's a good it's goal not to easy, have. But, but I, it's not, it's not, also it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but I think that you know going yeah. into it. That's why I just like to keep boundaries up right. and I like to keep things special yeah. because if they're not, then you get into a situation where people do feel like that. Yeah. So if you know, you think just, you have to be, I think just being present and yeah. conscious and really being understanding and listening and respecting and whatever to what's going on with another person, Right. you know, you'll know, you kind of know. Yeah. How it's going to go down. Yeah, if I were in their shoes, how would it feel if I were saying these things? Right. And if you feel like something, someone's responding in a way that, like, for me, like, maybe we're not on the same page. Once we're not on the same page, then we're not. It's not happening. Yeah, put the book down. Put the book down. Because someone's going to end up feeling bad. Yeah. And I can't. It's lovely. (laughs) And sad. Yeah, exactly. All right. I wish I was normal. I could go fuck myself around town. Yeah. Like normal people do. Like normal people do. And don't think twice about it or think, worry about other people's feelings. But, yeah. And more my own. Yeah. Um, what project have you worked on that has been the most underrated? Oh. Oh, well, uh, Offensive Women. Yeah. Well, tell me more about that. Though, yeah. I, uh, yes. That basically... Was it a stage show? It was a stage show that I wanted to do uh, that I got money from Eve Ensler who gave me a grant to put this show up. Right on. And I was so proud of it and so into it and thought it could be like a, a variety show or a show that could be on TV. And even if it wasn't on TV, it'd be a live show that could live monthly at a theater and you'd get all these awesome women, musicians, or all comedy-based right. in some manner. Um, but, and with an edge. Yeah, it the, says it right there. You know right. what you're in for. You know what you're in for. It's like, we're, and the reason we're offensive is because we're alive. And it's women doing shit. Just, I mean, granted it's comedy and I wanted, I really do want, I want to be a part of and support and encourage and put my um, time and energy into female comics who are saying something. Yeah. And I don't need to agree with all of it and I don't need to be, it doesn't need to be my cup of tea, but if they're really standing for something. Yeah. Then I want to be a part of that. 
Yeah. So that was the goal. Was and you did like, it in New York? Did in New York. We did two big shows. I had done it for a year. We did it a, like a weekly for a while and then a monthly and it was sort of just like a stand-up show. And then we did two big shows at the Zipper Theater. It was fucking awesome. And then we were going to do it again. The Zipper closed and Eve Ensler moved to Uganda. To She's go. got a hell of a lot of nerve. Yeah, I know. She's like, oh, yeah. I gotta go take care of women whose clips are getting cut off. Yeah. Like, I have this comedy show to put on. <laughs> exactly. God. Ugh. So, but, and then it just sort of died and I was getting a divorce and like yeah. going through a horrible personal time and the woman who was helping me got a job, like a development job and she was going off in her path and we all just sort of, I, I just sort of broke down and fell apart and let it go. But that... Maybe it'll come back. That idea. I'd like to bring it back. I would I love do. that. Yeah, right? It would... What was it like for you when you moved from New York to here? Was it an adjustment or did huge, you love it right huge, away? It was a huge adjustment, for sure. What uh, was but it I like? did love it right away. You did? Yeah. Um, the lifestyle, just everything about it. Yeah. Like, I moved, I got a car. Yeah. I was living in this little guest house. Oh, it's 72 degrees today? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't have to walk to the grocery store? Yeah. Oh, no. I loved it. Right away. There wasn't even any... It wasn't even a thing of like, gosh, I miss the the grittiness of New York. Running into people on the street. Don't miss it. No. Bye. So human. Mm, Bye. (laughs) See ya. Girl, bye. Good night, wig. No. Do not. What's the craziest time you ever had on a gay cruise? (laughs) Um, Because they can get fun, and I'm sure you've been on a few. Yes, I've been on many cruises. Yeah. Because I used to work on cruises. I like that world. Uh, I like that world, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, the craziest time... I think the craziest time is the first Rosie cruise that I did with Big Gay Sketch Show. Yeah. Um, was just cra- it was just so exciting, and Rosie was there, and my mom came, but at the same time, I was partying so hard... <laughs> Like and I think I remember stories about this. My mom and my Brandy's there and Johnny's there yeah. and you know these are my friends. We're partying, we're drinking so much and just and then I have to deal with my mom and it was yeah. just like it was a nightmare. But it was so fun. I love that. Yeah, and you're just like I mean it's just I mean every single thing that could happen. And also, it's was like happening. an our family cruise, so it's like, it's got like kids around, right? Kids around, and you're just right. fucked up, fucked up, and like just fucked up, just <laughs> fucked up. Is this the one where people almost got sent home and stuff like that? Did uh, that go yes, yes. She got kicked off for because her room, her the guy that she came with, they found pot in his room, and then um, <laughs> who got he got off? kicked off. But then she had to go to the immigration office. Who's she? Brandy. Brandy. She had to go and walk to the immigration office. Nobody helped her. Scott wouldn't let us off the fucking cruise, and it was like she just got kicked off. We have to go help her. She fucking had to hitchhike. She had to hitchhike <laughs> to get to the immigration office and to get back to the so that she wouldn't be left off the cruise. Nobody helped her. Like, that is, to this day, I will never forgive him for that. And for not letting one of us go off to help her. Like, that wow. I will... Where were you? Like, in Canada? N- yeah. Yeah. But we had to rehearse for the Big A sketch show, whatever bullshit show that... W- the whole thing was just such bullshit. <laughs> like, how dare we allow someone, be a woman, be by herself... I'll never, I'll never list, let anyone tell me what to do again. Like, I can tell you that that, and, and him not allowing me to get off to help her, is one great regret. Wow. In my life. That's... You let a woman hitchhike? Hitchhike. A woman. A woman like that. Go by herself on the street and have to hitchhike and no one was there to help her? Shame, shameful. 
Shameful. And had you known her for a long time at this point? No. That doesn't even matter. It could have been anyone. What if it, right. any girl that was with us, had she been kicked off, I would feel like this too. But granted, she was at that point a good new friend. Yeah. And I feel that that is a... You were you took rehearsing for some stupid fucking sketch over somebody's safety is bullshit. Wow. I thought yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I heard that I heard that cruise was like crazy, but I didn't remember the whole. There story. were a lot of crazy things on that cruise, <laughs> and that was definitely one of them. And that one thing I'll never forget, and I'll never. And it's definitely helped me, uh, you know, just to know. Like the other night, we had to work late. We worked till like one thirty in the morning, and we worked with this other woman and this guy. And we were all getting ready to leave, and in my and I knew I wanted to go home. I wanted to leave, but I wasn't going to let that girl, other girl, leave by herself. Yeah. The editor guy was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, we will stay here until whatever time, until she's ready to leave. Yeah. We're downtown. It's not safe. We're not going to let her go walk by herself. Yeah. Interesting. It's cool. What are you working on now? I know we've been scheduling this, and you're like, I'm working, I'm working. Brandy and I got hired to work for an Oxygen reality show. Oh, fun. I don't know that I'm allowed to say... No, I have. They've done promos for it. It's oh. called Funny Girls. Okay. Um, yes. It's, it's a are lot you, of... Are you on camera or behind the scenes? On, not, not on camera. Okay. Not. Okay. Not on camera. Um, but I've been sort of on... Not really on camera, but we're behind the scenes. We got, we got hired as... I can't say we got hired as writers, because reality show doesn't have writers. Yeah. So. Just, just people. Just, just people. Consultants. Consultants. You're just consulting We're your consulting. ass off. And right. maybe you do it with a pen maybe. or a typewriter. Right. Sometimes. And then we sort of got moved over to producers. Nice. So now we've been producing, I guess. Okay. And it's been a lot of work. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of learning. Yeah. For sure. There you go. 100%. But we've been having fun. I mean, and we're lucky What's to have What's the premise of the show? The premise of the show is that it's six female comics in LA trying to make it. Oh, okay. Basically. All right. Basically. All right. Is there and a And it's all real. It's all real. Is there any leses? There's one les, I guess. She's yeah. a les. Okay. I think. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I you guess, have to watch well, and find out. I think, you know what? She's, she's not really in it that yeah. much, but she is... She says she's Les, so yes, yes she's Les. Okay. She, we are what we, whatever we say we are. We are whatever we say we are. <laughs> so. Um, you also picked this card. What was your worst audition? Worst audition. Californication. Really? Californication. Did David Duchovny come in with no underwear and sweatpants? Because I hear not. he used to do that back in the day. Are you serious? Yeah, he would show up at auditions free balling. Because he a big, huge dick. And I think, yeah, and I think it was, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. But he uh, would free ball at auditions and distract everybody. Wow. Um... So, Californication. That was my worst audition. Basically, it was for a lesbian who was obsessed with penises. Okay. Or with men and their penises. And, like, she wanted to fuck, I think, him. Yeah. They were, it was two, it was a couple. But they had, the scene was this thing where she was obsessed with, like, dicks and getting fucked and um, wanting to get impregnated, I think, by him. And they were going to have a threesome and all this. And I hated the scene. Yeah. I hated it. I thought it was so insulting. Like, I hated it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't believe in it. I found it to be utterly ridiculous. And it wasn't just that she was obsessed with dicks or wanted to get fucked. It was beyond that. It was within the writing. It was like... It was just gross. It was gross. It was just super fucking gross. I get you. But I felt like I had to go do the audition. But I walked into the audition and I just sabotaged it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I walked in and was like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> and they were like, what do you mean? I was like, this is fucking 
fucking ridiculous, this whole scene, right? <laughs> and the lady was like, what do you mean? It's revolutionary. It's amazing. Like, lesbians? It was like, lesbians what? Want to get fucked by dicks? <laughs> okay. Oh, we want to secretly want to be with men? Is that what it is? Fucking stupid. So <laughs> I just was walked in angry and sabotaged it. Turned them off. Barely did it. Horrible. <laughs> but you took a stand. And that counts for something. I should have just not gone. But now at least we know, or I know, like I can say no to things. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, last question. What do you love about what you do? I love the freedom. You do? I love the freedom you love, of what you I You love do. the not quite knowing what's next or the... I mean, I... Because there's a two-sided... That's true. Yeah. I don't love instability anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I love money. Right. As it turns out. I do love money. I, yeah. I, realize, I realize I love money. Yeah. And I don't love instability. And I don't love stressing out about bills. And I don't love, am I going to make rent and all that stuff. But I do love the freedom of expression that I have and the freedom that I have to say what I want when I want as a stand-up comedian. Now, I've learned to compromise within when you're writing or doing scripts or working for someone. There is a compromise, which is challenging. Yeah. (laughs) But I've enjoyed that, too. But it really is the freedom... And maybe it's the freedom, it's the variety, too. Yeah. I don't want to be at the same job year after year after year after year. Yeah. Unless it's my own creation. Right. So I guess, yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Go see Julie Goldman at the Renberg Theater yeah. in Take a Walk on the Softer Side. <laughs> With Teddy Margus. With Teddy Margus. It's February 7th at 8 p.m. You can learn about it at lagaycenter.org. Is that, is that yeah. still the website? Yeah. I know sometimes they change things. And I think part of the proceeds the part of the proceeds go to LGBT yes. youth. That's right. Homeless youth. It's important. That is important. They have so that important. whole center there where they... Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yes, it's awesome. Julie, it's a delight. Thanks, I Dennis. I hope everything goes your way. Oh, but I hope everything goes your way. I know. I, I <laughs> want to say Les the rest of the day. Yeah, this is what I'm going to take. I, I just love that. I love the way it sounds. The thumb. It's like a cricket. <laughs> exactly. Les crickets. Just rubbing our thumbs and pinkies together. Awesome. Well, I look forward to the show. I'm, I'm going to try to come. I have another thing that I'm okay. just lifting around, but Great. it sounds like fun. Um, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Julie Golden, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, you'll be at Pump After. Oh, you'll My be at Pump fi- After? Dude. Really? I feel like yes. it's got that housewife stench on it. I'm it not does. Not... Jax was there the last time we were there. It was Who's? amazing. Do you watch Random Pump No. Girls? I don't oh. give a fuck about the housewives. Oh, fuck. Sometimes I oh, get jealous it. of Danny, Andy Cohen's life and career, yes. and then I realize I don't give a fuck about the housewives. Oh, well then. And that's a problem. It. What about Vanderpump Rules? No. No, I don't care. Oh, well then if you don't care, it doesn't matter. But, but we it, care. You care? So you go there and what's it like? It's just, like, expensive drinks and rich gay people. And people who are obsessed with housewives and probably, go to the show. Really? And the people from the shows end up at the place. I bet there's so much, like, moisturizer and bronzer and, like, yes. face shit. Yeah. I'm just saying, if anyone's a fan of Vanderpump Rules, let's say, Jax, Tom Sandoval, James, they were all there that one night, and we drank with them, got fucked up, had a good time, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. So, yeah, it's glamorous. If you had to fuck a housewife. Oh, I always say last question is never the last question. If I had to fuck a housewife. God, okay, wait. There's so many different. There's Atlanta, there's Beverly Hills, there's New York. What am I missing? Atlanta, Lisa Renna. Beverly oh, Hills. yeah, Lisa Renna. I love Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. But Lisa Renna is sexier. In a, well, no, it's got to, it's always goes back to Vanderpump. It's got to go back to Vanderpump. <clears throat> yeah, I would do a tender lovemaking. <laughs> to Vanderpump. Yeah. Okay. 
that's nothing else needs to be said. You've laid down the gauntlet. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. It. And now it's a cat war. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks again to the delightful Julie Goldman. Go see her on February 7th at the Renberg. Learn more about that at lagaycenter.org. Okay, so this happened. I went and saw Spandau Ballet. Yeah, you heard me right. They performed at the Wiltern Theater here in Los Angeles Saturday night. And they were my favorite band from the 80s. Bar none, by a mile. I was obsessed with them. I loved them so much. I knew all their songs. I wanted to sing like Tony Hadley. I thought he had the voice of a generation. I loved the way he sang. And I discovered them when I was, like, after my freshman year in college, I went to England, Scotland, and Wales on a choir tour with some other people from Arizona State, and we were going to sing all over the country or whatever. And while I was there, that song True was everywhere, and I bought the cassette, and I also bought Wham! UK, Fantastic!, that's when they were Wham! UK. And I brought them both home, and I was, like, telling everybody, these people are going to be huge, they're the best. Listen to what I got when I was across the pond. I was being kind of a show-off. But nobody really got on board, and I was worried that they were never going to cross the pond. But I just had to be patient, because sure enough, soon enough, they came uh, triumphing over, and, and pretty soon True was everywhere on the radio. And I remember monitoring it on the chart. I feel like it was number four for, like, ten months. Like, ugh. So anyway... I love them. <clears throat> about all their records, whatever. And I was driving down Wilshire Boulevard about a month ago, and there, their name was on the marquee of the Wiltern. And I was like, what? What year is this? Like, what's happening? This can't be true. And I took a picture of the marquee, and I posted it on Instagram, and two people that saw that reach out to me, and they're like, are you going to go? I love them. First of all, one of them was my good friend, John Carosa, who I had no idea loved Spandau as much as I did. No idea. And then this other one was a guy named Kevin, who I'd met a few times but didn't know very well. But he was like, you love them? I want to go. So the three of us ended up going. And it was so awesome. I wanted to cry. I loved it so much. First of all, they sounded great. They have, like, some new songs that are really good. His voice is great. There was a few times where he likes to mess around with the melody. He doesn't play it safe. He's always, like, making interesting choices. And there was a few times where I thought, oh, he's avoiding the high note. But then he would blast an even higher note. I was like, Hadley really kept us on our toes. And then at one point he comes out and he's like, I'd like to make a toast to all of you for being here. Like, they, they were so touched that we were all there. And he's like, I've got Jack Daniels in this class and... You could kind of tell, because from that point on, he seemed a little bit like drunk uncle at the wedding. I, I was like, are we going to get through this? But we, we got through it. We got through it, and it was amazing. And my favorite moment was when, uh, in the song True, when he, you know, when he's bringing it home in the out chorus, he's like, I bought a ticket to the world. And then the whole crowd was like, but now I've come back again. Just imagine thousands of Angelinos on that moment. And then you have an idea of what that was like. Because, see, I love them so much that I auditioned for Star Search in Los Sarcos Mall in Scottsdale, Arizona, singing Only When You Leave, which is like a hit of theirs, but, you know, it's not true. It's a little, you know, it's a little bit of an under, a B kind of hit. And I did not get in. In fact, that may not have even been a real audition. They, somebody could just be humiliating people in a mall. 
But there I was. I sang it out. And I did not get so much as a call back. But there I was 30 years later at the Will Turn, just rapturous. Because here's the thing about Spandau fans. You think you're the only one. Because they're not, you know, they're not Duran Duran. They're not George Michael. They're a little more like, oh yeah, I know that song true, but like, people, I I am deeply into them. And so, there we all were, all these sort of fans, we found each other. And it was a magic night. I feel like that was my destiny, to see them, and whatever happened in the 30 years since, the ups and downs, the jobs, the loves, whatever, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was just... Just stuff. It was just a placeholder until I could go to that concert. So there's that. The point of my story is dreams can come true, and um, my dream will come true again when I go see Julie Goldman at the Remberg on February 7th. And you should too. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Dennis. Anyone? Bye. <laughs>